You're listening to On the Retire Road with Calandra Financial, hosted by Phil Calandra. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. This is Phil Calandra, and you're on the Retire Road. Thanks for joining me today. And as I record, this is the sixth month of 2020. Can you believe that we're now almost halfway through this year? And it has certainly been a challenge. We've uh, gone through some ups and certainly some downs, and I'm encouraged for a number of different reasons, but I want to share with you today something that my clients have heard repeatedly. Uh, Those clients that are listening are going to get a very good refresher on this, and it's the six principles and practices, the six principles and practices that when we utilize them in all that we do with our economic and financial life, it ultimately creates better outcomes. People ask me all the time, and they have for nearly 20 years that I've been counseling with my clients, What's the difference between the average investor that has mediocre outcomes and the successful investor that seems to achieve all their most cherished financial goals? And what it really boils down to is behavior to a large extent and some very specific things that successful people do to produce long-term goal-driven plans and things that other people seem to miss. So uh, I want to dig into those because I think as we come to the midpoint of 2020, if you will not just intellectually understand these six principles and practices, but emotionally connect to them, I think that you will have much better outcomes, not only in the year 2020, but in all the years to come that you're going to be investing. And the reality is you are lifetime investors. You're not going to stop investing when you retire. This is multi-generational. Many of the things that I do today are not for my benefit at all. They're for my sons and for my great-grandsons and great-great-grandchildren. And hopefully this becomes multi-generational wealth accumulation for years and years to come. So the six principles and practices, I want to run through those and go into detail on each one. The first and foremost principle is faith in the future faith in the future. If you're going to be a good investor, if you're going to be successfully uh, successful financially, you have to have faith. You have to have faith that it's going to be okay, that things are going to work out. We live in the most miraculous society and the most wonderful, richest country in all of the world. And we have to understand that having faith is what creates successful outcomes. If you have fear, if you're if you have fear of the future, if you were fearful that the pandemic was going to be the end of the world or if the bear market it was it seemed that the market every single day was dropping and dropping and dropping. It went down 20% into bear market territory in just 16 days. Over the following 10, 12, 13 days, it dropped another 30% to to, uh, levels that we hadn't seen in many, many years. But you have to have faith that this time is not different. Faith that the market does come back. Faith that the, the great American companies in the United States and the world always find ways to flourish, always find ways to come back. So number one is faith in the future. Number two is patience. Patience, and this is the un-American value. 
We as the American citizens, we are not patient. We want it, we want it now. We live in a 24-7 news-driven, minute-by-minute, click-by-click, play-by-play um, news cycle. And because we don't have patience as an American people, we're always looking to react. The news media, the financial journalists, they're trying to always show us you need to buy these five mutual funds now. You need to make these adjustments before the election. You need to react. Reaction is always the flawed emotion. We need to act. We need to act as investors. We need to act as, um, as people. Our in uh, intentions, all of our actions need to be deliberate. So be patient. Have faith in the future. Be patient and take action. Not reaction, but action. The third principle is discipline discipline. And I don't know where patience and discipline, where the line is drawn and one, one where one ends and one where the other one meets, but discipline. Be disciplined to stick to your plan. If you've created the best possible retirement plan for you and your family, be disciplined to stay with it. You know, we talk many, many weeks on our show about our signature solution, our three-step process with nine specific steps. I teach this regularly to clients and, and new clients because I want them to understand if we do planning properly and you stay patient and disciplined to the process, your outcome is going to be better. How much better? Well, to put it in context, I would say about 90% of your future financial outcomes are going to be tied to successfully staying with those three principles of faith in the future patience and discipline. Can I scientifically prove that? Well, no, but I just believe that if we can stay to those principles that we're going to have better financial outcomes. Those are the three principles. The next three are actually practices. These three practices are the things that we do inside the portfolio. In the portfolio construction, Faith in the future, patience and discipline, those are behaviors. If I can guide my client to better, better behavior with their financial planning, that's the first steps. Next, we then want to get into how we build a portfolio. What is the portfolio designed to do? Well, the portfolio is designed to be servant of the plan. The plan is what drives long-term goal-driven success. So principle practice number four is going to be asset allocation. To what percentage are you going to allocate between stocks, bonds, and cash? That's in its essence what asset allocation is. Um, most people miss this. They believe that as they get into retirement or as they approach retirement, they need to be more and more conservative. They need to gravitate towards fixed income. And what they're what they're unknowingly doing is they're exposing themselves to the risk of running out of money, not the risk of loss of principle. So we think as we get older, we need to be more conservative. Their asset allocation needs to be more conservative because we, want, we don't want to risk principle. But in unknowingly doing so, we risk running out of purchasing power. So the, the dragon of running out of money sneaks in the back door and destroys us later on in retirement. Asset allocation, critically important. Number five, diversification. Diversification, not putting all your eggs in one 
basket. You got that. Diversification. My other, you know, kind of simple-minded definition of diversification is I will never own enough of one investment that I'll make a killing or get rich quick. But I'll also never own enough of one investment or an idea that I'll get killed by it. So diversification is very, very important. And when you align asset allocation with diversification, when you align those together in a beautifully designed portfolio to what you're trying to accomplish, not your neighbor, not your coworker that you see at the water cooler, not uh, the, the person who's on the ball field with uh, your son, the, the, ball, the, 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 the ball team, your beautifully diversified portfolio has to be customized in your specific way, that's asset allocation and diversification. And then the final and the sixth piece of the six principles and practices is rebalancing. Rebalancing, and almost no one does this. Rebalancing is the effort of readjusting the portfolio after big swings up or down so that your portfolio's asset allocation and diversification are brought back into its truest defined position. Think of it as a bicycle wheel. If you have a bicycle wheel that has a spoke that's misaligned or maybe a spoke that's broken, what happens to that wheel? It cannot spin freely. It's not truly moving. Uh, many of my friends and, and clients know, well, last year I did uh, my third Ironman event in Montremblant, Canada. And in the 26th mile, I broke a spoke went over a small bump, really it wasn't even a pothole, and I busted a spoke. Well, what happened to the wheel? Wouldn't turn, wouldn't turn. So I had to have the wheel replaced in the middle of the event to actually get the bike to perform at some level of uh, higher output. So rebalancing, if you look statistically, and you can Google this, look this up, don't trust me on it, look at what rebalancing does academically will drive between three-tenths and a half a percent better performance in the portfolio year over year. That's very, very important. And the reason most people do not rebalance is because in many instances, it means selling winners in the portfolio to buy losers in the portfolio. And what do you tell your advisor? You call them up and say, well, I want to sell the ones that are not performing that are in the red, and I want to load up into the ones that are green and making all the profit. Don't do that. That's not proper rebalancing. That's actually going against you in the long-term growth of the portfolio. So six principles and practices. I believe with all my heart, if you follow these six principles and practices, faith in the future, patience, diverse, uh, discipline, asset allocation, diversification, and rebalance, you will get measurably better outcomes, probably greater than 90, 92% of the neighbors or other people that you want to compare yourself to, which I encourage you not to do, you will perform better. And that's the question that people ask all the time, uh, a potential client that comes to work with us. What will you do, Phil? What will Calandra Financial do that's different than everything else that I've, I've heard or I've done. And those six principles and practices become the foundation for a lot of what we believe behaviorally and a lot of what we will do mechanically inside the portfolio. So that brings me kind of full circle. We now are in June of 2020 and we're within sneezing distance 
of the all-time high that we saw in February before the market's tumultuous bear market descent. In fact, the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ are about where they were the beginning of January 2020. So if you are forced or if you're in some way coerced to react you went to cash. You thought you were being smart by trying to time the market and go to a more conservative position. Uh, you made a fatal mistake. Your portfolio may not be back to break even yet. A lot of our portfolios are just about back to break even. Why? Because we stayed with the six pr principles and practices and we looked out the window rather than looking at the ticker go across the screen and trying to figure out how do we select how do we time the market it simply does not work so do you want to you want to do what always works you want to hit it down the middle of the fairway you want to keep it straight you want to work what's always worked timing selection very rarely works if it does work it doesn't work consistently over time so i would encourage you build a good financial plan, use a specific process with defined steps, and then have the patience, the discipline to stay with it and have faith in the future. Have faith that it's gonna be all right. Things will work themselves out in the United States and the global economy for that matter. Thanks for tuning in today. If you'd like to get more information, if you'd like to get a PDF copy or written, uh, I can even email to you the six principles and practices please feel free to reach out to me. You can reach direct message through the social channels that you heard the podcast on. You can email me at phil at calandrafinancial.com. I'll give my phone number 678-218-5925. I hope this has been helpful. You've been on the retire road. Stay committed, stay focused, have faith in the future. Look forward to speaking with you again.